Hello and welcome to another episode of the Star Bros Podcast, perhaps the most important episode of the Star Bros Podcast you'll ever hear in your life. Why is that? Well, you're just going to have to stay tuned to find out. Even I have to stay tuned to find out? What's the deal with that? Well, so this episode is all about life lessons. It's all about lessons and wisdom from the Book of Boba Fett, which I know is already at this point, seems like ancient history. Yes. But we've had some time to reflect on it. Hang on for a second. Isn't it interesting that something can come out within, I don't know, a few months and then all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, that thing happened. We're just like immediately moving on to the next thing. I know. We have very short attention spans as humans. As humans, I yeah. blame social media. I think I, a lot of the world blames social media. I, I can't really argue against that. But, um, but so we've had some time to reflect on the book of Boba Fett. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Who are you joined by? I'm joined by my pro-host, Ben Skywalker. <laughs> and I'm, joined, I'm like, introduce me, man. I'm so selfish <laughs> and self-absorbed and blah, blah, blah. I'm joined, as always, by my bro-host, Jan Sello. Okay, what were you saying? I was going to say, we've had some time to reflect on this. And this is the second time we're recording this episode. Yes, it is. Why? Why is that? There was a terrible fire at an orphanage nearby. Oh, that just sounds awful. <laughs> and Ben and I decided to um, risk our lives and run in and save all of the furniture because it was really nice. And and as a result of doing that, our entire episode just got deleted out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I think the cat walked across the keyboard or something. But, yeah, let's um, blame it on the cat. It was it was yep. the cat. Um but no, so we, we had some technical difficulties, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, and it just didn't turn out the way that we expected. And um, and so now now we've got a little bit of a new setup, and I think it's working really well. So um, so far, yeah, because remember the last episode, we had a, a pretty big issue where like the sound quality just went out in the middle. We've invested a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't say how much, because it is definitely not coming from that podcast uh, money, Sweet right? Sweet podcast money. <laughs> um but we put a little bit more investment into it, and and hopefully you like how it sounds. So far, I think I'm liking how it sounds, personally. Yeah, so far, so good. Um, but hey, on an important note, we had dinner this evening. Yes. And what what would you say was special about that dinner? Uh, the fact that it was the most expensive burger I've ever gotten from a place that shouldn't be as expensive as you think that that's not where i was going i was gonna mention that um you had ketchup with your french fries oh i did yeah thank you for the ketchup so (laughs) ben was here like like two months ago or something and we we got burgers i think and you were like um yeah do you have any ketchup and i didn't i didn't at the time which i mean what american household doesn't so that's that's stuck in my mind and (laughs) you were like you were like i'll look (laughs) (laughs) You, I did? Yes. I opened up your fridge yeah. and I was like, I will find the ketchup and that you, were, you did you were, not buy. You were looking at the cabinets and stuff and I knew it wasn't there, but <laughs> you, you had to see it uh, for yourself, I guess. And, and you were like, I remember you saying, you were like, <laughs> I thought this was America or something. <laughs> like I just did again. It's the first thing that comes to mind is America has ketchup. And so I, you know, I, in, in anticipation of you coming over here, I decided, yeah, I got to get some ketchup. And not um, just that, I think you had two bottles on the table. I, yeah. So I had a room temperature bottle and a cold <laughs> one. You weren't sure what I liked. <laughs> right. But, he, 
Here's the thing. I, I, I oftentimes don't have ketchup here, not because I don't like it, but because I like it so much, I run out of it. And then I, you know, I don't, I don't plan ahead and I don't have enough ketchup to get me through the week. Or oh, whatever. so you, you do like ketchup. Oh, I love it. I oh, love okay. it. Yeah. Okay. I used to, Jess got me a t-shirt that said I put ketchup on my ketchup. Like, <laughs> but wait, 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 you had scrambled eggs tonight. Yeah. Why didn't you put ketchup on that? I did. You did. I yes. didn't see it. Yes. What is wrong with me? Um, but but here's the thing. So your your line stuck with me about, um, you know, what kind of American household is this? So I went on Amazon and bought ketchup, and it, I got two like jumbo tubs of Heinz ketchup, <laughs> and I took them out of the box, and I thought about this line about um, this being an American household, and they were products of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. I actually had somebody in my family that used to make the bottles for Heinz or something like that, like the plastic bottles, and that was in Canada. You're kidding. I'm not kidding at all. Wow. This is this is the part of the episode where we usually remind our listeners that this is a Star Wars podcast. That's exactly. I was wondering how long <laughs> it would take. I was, But before we get to the Star Wars, did you order the ketchup with your monster energy drinks? No, I ordered that separately. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that that's what I'm running on these days, ketchup and sugar-free monster. <laughs> You're just like one chug here and then a squirt of ketchup. Yep. This is this is a pretty extreme podcast, but we're trying to get sponsored. So, um, you know, monster and I don't I don't monster just mean, and Heinz. I don't mean the podcast necessarily, like yeah, Heinz, you can just sponsor me. Like I'll wear a Heinz jacket around in my day-to-day life. Hey, if, you know, uh Huggies, you want to sponsor me, I'll wear diapers all day, I guess. <laughs> Depends what you're paying, but <laughs> our DMs are open. It really depends. And if I uh, will lose my day job because of it, then uh, I expect to be paid well. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk Star Wars? Uh, yeah, we probably should. We, we probably should. That That's what people are here for. Hey, uh, but they're also here for a good laugh, I hope, too. And they hopefully mm. enjoyed that fun conversation about Americans' ketchup. Yes. Uh, but uh, Americans enjoying Canadian ketchup. <laughs> Uh, that just makes me think of the line from a movie I once heard. Is like, we just found out that Canadian bacon is actually ham. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if that was very loud. Um, let's talk Star Wars. Yeah, sure. <laughs> where, do you want, where do you want to start? Um, we should probably start with the news. We should probably start with the news. That one is called News from Across the Galaxy. <laughs> is that it? That's it. Oh, okay. I got okay. it all out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I got it all out. Well, we need to pull it together, man. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And this is a very serious episode, too. So why are we laughing so much? So far, not so much. But... Not so much. Um, well, let's talk about the news first. There was a lot that happened now in the last three weeks since we've last talked to you guys. Uh, let's let's react to something. So the first one that I found was season three of The Mandalorian has wrapped filming. Yep. According to the Twitterverse. That's where I saw it, at least. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I didn't know that they would be done this quick. I'm I'm kind of surprised too, and I think um I don't know what the original timeline was with the pandemic and stuff, but I thought right. I thought it was delayed. I thought, and maybe I was just assuming the worst, but I didn't think that it would be done as quickly as it got done. Yeah, I I had the same reaction, so I'm I'm very excited to hear that because here we are in April, and we're not we're getting it this year. We're getting it what like November or do we know exactly the the timeline? I don't think we know, but in my mind, I've been imagining it coming out between Thanksgiving and U.S. Thanksgiving and Christmas. I like how you have to specify that because there yeah. is a difference. Because I, I think um, when we post this uh, episode and we hashtag Canadian ketchup, mm-hmm. then you know we might confuse people from coming over from across the border <laughs> who 
We'll, we'll be like October Thanksgiving or November Thanksgiving. Which one are we talking about here? Yeah. Actually, I think it is more Canadian Thanksgiving because if I remember right, that's when season two came out. Oh, maybe. So maybe we'll get it as early as October and it'll, and it'll wrap up right before the holidays. Yeah. That would be nice. I'll take it when I can get it. I'll take it too. So that's something to look forward to. Season nice. three. Um, the other piece of news that came out, speaking, staying within the uh, live action verse. What do they call that? Just the Star Wars television series? I don't know. The Disney Plus series? Yeah. Okay, let's yep. stick with that. Um, Andor has a composer now, uh, Nicholas Brittell. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't heard about him before recording, before looking into uh, who he was. Uh, apparently, he has done the scores for Succession, Moonlight, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. They're all movies I've heard of, which is a good thing. Succession Succession was a show that um, Jess, my wife, was really into. And oh, yeah? she would watch it in the living room, and the sound would just like boom. And the music was very distinctive. It was very interesting, very different, very cool. Oh, cool. So, well, I mean, and I'm pretty sure that, was it Moonlight was uh, an Oscar nominee? That one, I don't know. I don't know that one. Yeah, I think that was an Oscar nominee at a minimum if it didn't win anything. It probably won something, some awards, but um, that's... A good sign. Yeah. So Star Wars is still able to get some high quality talent to come oh, yeah. in and do the music and acts and all that stuff. So rest assured, folks, Star Wars is in good hands. I think so. Um, so that was good to see. Yeah. What else you got? All right. I got I got one for you. And again, this is a couple weeks old at this point, but I, I didn't realize it when it was happening and until somebody else pointed it out to me that, um, do you know the name Troy Kotsor? Uh, no. So Troy Troy Kotsor just won. The... Actually, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Now you do. I remember we talked about this the last time we recorded. So of course I know who so he you, is you now. Can't, you can't even. <laughs> but for you... our interest, our, our listeners, uh, I said no last time. So my answer yes. is no. <laughs> All right. So thank you for playing along. Um, so Troy Kotsor won the uh, Oscar at whatever the you know the one thousand eight hundred thirty seventh Oscar awards um, two weeks ago, which are now infamous for something else, not this. Uh, but he, <laughs> he, you may know him oh, from it's not funny yet. He, he, you may know him from the film Coda, and he is a deaf actor who who was recognized obviously for his work on that. But somebody pointed out to me that he was in the book of Boba Fett this season he played mm. a tuscan raider and he is the guy who is responsible for designing the tuscan sign language and for that alone he should have gotten a trophy that night but yeah. no they had to give it to him for some other movie which is totally fine as well <laughs> um but i just thought that, that was really cool that that was the same guy and that he got to have a big moment that night and um i hope he goes on to do some other really cool stuff because what a cool contribution to star wars to create the Tuscan sign language. Yeah, totally. I I mean, what a just a cool country. That's the only thing like with the Oscars is look, I know that they're more looking for a certain genre that they want to uh, win the best picture every year. But, and they've talked about like, well, maybe we should do the most popular one. Like, no, that's not what this is about. Like you, you clearly are disconnected from what people really like, but, and that's the sad part. It's like, then you don't recognize great accomplishments like that, except for on a podcast like this. <laughs> yes, right. We're the only ones that see it. Not, um, yeah, no, that's not true. Gosh, that sounds wrong. There is like... Self-absorbed again. There, There is like a culture of the academy, though. Like, there's yes. like, we like these three things, and everything else is just not highbrow enough for us. But, yeah. But um, what do I know? I don't know much. I, I, I don't... Well, I won't claim to know that much about Hollywood. I just know my corner of it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right, moving on, though. Um, yeah, that's a really cool one, though. I, I'm glad that uh, uh, he's getting that recognition because I, I actually thought that was distinctive. 
within Book of Boba Fett. Like oh my the, gosh, the fact yeah. that they were doing this whole sign language and way to communicate with Boba Fett. Um, hey, you want to talk about some Legos? Yes. Um, so I bought some, mm-hmm. and I <laughs> when we started recording last time, I hadn't finished it. I hadn't even started it, but now I've finished my Razor Crest. <laughs> I, I'd love to see it because you only sent me one like work in progress picture. So oh, is that it? Yeah, I, oh. I didn't. I didn't see how it turned out. Well, I'll find the picture for you right now. Okay. Um, it turned out well. I mean, it's pretty good size. I was actually very impressed with it. it was and it was a. It was fun. Like it, it didn't take that long. It was like six bags or something like that. So like, it was decent size. Um, do but, do different things open up on it? Yes. Like basically the whole side and the back of it open up, and oh, you can cool. like there's a place where you can put the little missiles that you can fire. Mm, <laughs> you cool. can store them in a certain space. They have uh, um, little frozen carbonite figures. No way. Yep. <laughs> Are they stickers? Yeah, they're stickers. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. I mean, it'd be cool if they were like 3D and, you know, that would be cool. But no, this is this is just a sticker. Um, so that that was neat. Uh, you can lift up the flap and, and it comes with like a bunch of different characters. It has Grief Karga, it has Mandalorian, um, IG-11. So it's a really good one. If, you, if, if you're a Lego enthusiast, highly recommend getting it. That sounds fun. like a good one. Um, but then I also bought, and this is I didn't, I didn't know. Um, maybe it's not really news. Maybe some others know this, but... There are these uh, Lego sets that are basically scenes from the movie that you can build. Yes. And so I bought a Dagobah cool. one, and it'll be here at the end of the month. Oh, nice. So that's a really cool. That's really cool. It'll be a really cool addition to my Lego collection. Um, other than that, uh, one other piece of Lego news, the Lego Skywalker saga is out. Yeah. If, if you're one of those lucky people that pre-ordered it and got it, you're probably already hours into playing it. We 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 both have our <laughs> copies um, on hand, but we haven't had a chance to play them yet. They're upstairs. In your case, it's upstairs. Mm-hmm. My wife texted me today and is like, guess what arrives? And I was getting so frustrated because I checked the tracking on it and it kept saying that it wasn't going to get here until, uh, at first it said the 14th. That's what I thought. Because I, yeah. I remember talking about how the 15th, my wife and I are going to go see my in-laws and they don't have a PlayStation, oddly enough. So <laughs> what's wrong with them? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to come in the mail and then I'm going to leave and I'm not going to be here for three days. Um, but no, it's it's here now. It's it's here, you know, well over a week before. Yeah. Um, so this weekend, definitely digging into it. Well, and, and hey, before we go any further, I want to also make sure to mention if you have any feedback for our podcast or anything, Please make sure to write it on the back of a PS5 and Please. deliver it to Jan's in-laws' house, right? <laughs> so that they have a PlayStation finally, and we can get this over with. And oh yeah, so I guess we can hear your feedback. Yes, drive down to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and I will meet you on the <laughs> beach, um, and I will gladly take that PS5 off your hands. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got mine in the mail. I'm going to be playing it as soon as I can. We will be doing an episode on that at some point. At some point. Uh, not the next one, probably the one after that. Yeah, is what I'm guessing. Like, give us some time, relax, people. We'll it, get to it. It is a very long game, right? I, we have to unlock the gunk and all the other <laughs> secondary characters. That was something else that was cool with my uh, Razor Crest. It came with a code. Now, remember, it was supposed to be launched in 2020. I think that's when the Razor Crest uh, set came out. Mm-hmm. It comes with a code where I can go and unlock either the characters or the ship or something like that oh, in the game. No way. So I hope it still works because it was a marketing thing from like 2020. What a great little crossover thing. Yeah, I hope yeah. that works too. I hope huh. so too. So I will let you know yeah. next time we talk. Terrific. Um, 
Do you have anything else on the news? I have one other thing. Let I have just... one other thing too. So go ahead. Okay. So um, just just came across this today actually. So uh, Titan Comics is delivering a companion guide to the award winning. Star Wars, the Clone War series. Mm. Um, so this book is due out. I'm not sure when. I think this is just sort of like a um, little bit of a preview. But Coming soon. Com- coming soon. Who knows when. Um, to a bookstore near you. Oh, sorry. So it, it's actually it's actually out already. Coming um, already to a bookstore co- Coming already. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the book came out, uh, again, under the Titan Comics uh, label. Uh, it's called Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the official collector's edition. And it actually just came out on April 5th. Let me, let me see the picture of it. You got it up? I've got it up. Yeah, it's, it's 144 pages of art and content just about the show that you all know and love. That's cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, because they came out with like a companion edition uh, well, a year or two ago, but I, I I never ended up getting it. I, I saw some feedback on it. It was like, it was okay. Um, that looks neat. Yep, that, very cool. Hmm, might have to look into that. Very cool. Yes, sir. And I think that is the last bit of news that I have. Well, I got one more. Okay. For those that are going to Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. Just, just like we, us. We're going? No, we're not. Oh, I thought you were surprising me with like plane tickets and a <laughs> hotel. And the t- I was like, what? <laughs> what? That would be quite the surprise. Okay. Well, all right. I got on that note. I actually got two more pieces of news. Okay. Uh, the first one is that they made an announcement on the first panel at Star Wars, at, uh, Star Wars Celebration. Um, it looks like it's it's going to be a live action uh, oh, okay. like discussion. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go over like Andor, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, which is coming out. Is this is is this usually the thing that they do a huge panel at the opening? Like that seems like a middle or like a a closer type I, thing. I think they've got a few, but maybe okay. they just wanted to capitalize on the excitement of day one. I yeah, I guess you know. So and it knows? is pent up a little bit. People have been waiting for, for this years, years, years and years. So yes. I can see them leading with it. But I know I know some people don't get like the whole package where they're not there necessarily every day, and they're not there necessarily the first day. Like they have like the Saturday package yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't have any packages. I don't. I will be sadly enough. I'll, I'll be. I'll be watching. I'll be scrolling through the tagged pictures on Instagram and stuff yeah. like that. And um, so, if you're going, I hope you have a great time. Make sure to hit that panel. There's going to be a lot of guest stars. They announced a lot more in the past few Who's days. Who's going to be on it? Uh, on the panel, I didn't say. I think it's going to be a lot of the filmmakers that are going to be on it. Um, so, like Deborah Cho. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else is all involved with the series right now. But you know that that'll be the the crew. Okay. Um, and uh, probably Favreloni. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but then there's going to be like Giancarlo Esposito is going to be there. Uh, they, they've they got... Um, Love the, that dude. The guy, I can't remember his name now. The guy that plays Chris Anton is going to be there. Oh, I don't know. He'll uh, be there. Like, okay. Doing autographs and stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, they've, they've, it looks like they got a lot of good guests lined up to hmm. sign autographs for you. So, Super cool. Going to have fun with that. Um, last piece of news. And I should have done this with another piece of news. Or mm-hmm. at the very beginning, I should say. Uh-huh. But happy birthday. Oh, thanks, man. Open it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what to do with it. Um, but yeah, this feels like it's... Uh, so we haven't seen each other in a little bit. My birthday was like, what, three weeks ago or something? Two, two weeks ago. Two-ish weeks ago? I should know that. You should know that. <laughs> um, what do we got here? Oh, my goodness. It is, let me describe for everybody at home, um, a Lego Scout Trooper uh, helmet that I will be putting together and uh, putting in the background of all my Zoom calls for work. That's, <laughs> That's so cool, exactly dude. That's exactly where I thought it would go, actually. Thank you so much, dude. Oh, I love stuff like this, and I've never had anything like it. Yeah, I mean, we've been just gushing over Lego lately, and I saw that. I was <sighs> like, you gotta, 
get something like that. That's so cool, dude. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy it. I, I'm just going to um, take my microphone with me and go upstairs and work on this, if that's okay. <laughs> so I'll be talking to myself and be Talk like, to your... there's a ghost talking to me A somewhere. long monologue about... Uh... A forest ghost from another dimension. <laughs> dude, that's so cool. Thank you so much. I'm going to work on this this weekend. This is so cool. It probably shouldn't take you that long. It's not that big, but it's a cool little collector's item. Like All of those that have come out, like they've got... Um, They've got Darth Vader's helmet. They have uh, 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 Luke's helmet. Yeah, I, so I like that one. Yeah, there's yeah. some really cool ones. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to keep this down here. I think I'm going to maybe put it on the mini fridge or something. That's a cool so idea. I can, I can start to plant. Um, so we're, we're down in um, like the rec room area and the house that uh, my wife and I just moved into in August. And the room down here isn't all that decorated yet, which means that this is my chance to kind of sneak in here. And start like planting some, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Claim some spaces. Claim <laughs> some spaces. And so this might be a good way to do that. It is a scout trooper. Uh-huh. So it can be scouting out different places to plant Star Wars stuff. I like that, um, but that I, connection. I'll, I'll post pictures on um, our, our at Star Bros podcast Twitter so that everybody can see the progress of this. But Come, come to think a, about it, I should probably put the Razor Crest on there too. Yes, you should put the Razor Crest on there. Absolutely. What is wrong with me? I don't know. But we'll, we'll, I know there's a lot wrong we'll with We'll remedy <laughs> that tonight. So thank you, dude. That's so kind of you. Thank you so yeah, much. I appreciate birthday. it. Um, is that it? That's, that was a lot of news. That was a bunch of news because it piled up for a couple weeks there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the birthday present too, like, that's a lot. We're like 20 minutes it. into the episode and, and, uh, now we're finally ready to get to our second segment. Start, what is that second segment? Start the episode basically. Like this yeah. is, this is kind of where uh, it kicks off. The, the, this one is called <clears throat> more to the story. Dun, 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 dun. And Boy, is there more. There's a lot more. This is like moral to the story more specifically. Look at you. I know. I'm trying really hard and reaching here, but let's (laughs) let's talk about the moral to the story of uh, Book of Boba Fett. That's the whole topic, right? What did we call this one? We call this one Take It From an Ex-Bounty Hunter. Yep. Because there was... I'm surprised by how many life lessons we were able to pull out of this. I pulled out 10 myself. How many did you get? So I I, I probably got somewhere around there. I tried to get one from every episode. Um, yep. I thought there was a moral or a lesson or like a leadership parable, kind of like in every episode. Yes. Um, but then there's a couple of like overarching ones. So I don't know where you want to start. I don't know if you want to... Um, and by the way, dear listeners, challenge us on that. If you think that... Um, Maybe we're not looking at these the right way, or if you see something that we don't see, um, hit us up on social media. We're happy to continue the conversation there. This is just our take. Or, you know, or or write it on the back of a PS5 and deliver it to us. Write it, write it on the front bumper of a 1991 um, Lamborghini Countach, <laughs> and then park it in my driveway, and I will get back to you um, whenever I'm done crashing it. <laughs> <laughs> Once the dr- You make me think of Ferris Bueller's day off. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> I'll try to take the miles off. I'll the drive it back and- home backwards. <laughs> Um, I don't know where to start, man, because there's so many. I don't, I don't know if we necessarily need to go like episode by episode, but I agree with you. Like there was something in every episode. And how about this? Let's start with the lesson that I feel was kind of the overarching theme mm-hmm. of the entire series, which is uh, you mentioned like leadership styles and stuff, and and more specifically, um, there was that line in the first episode where Boba Fett says, uh, "Jabba ruled with fear. I plan on ruling with respect." Yes, and it's. It's. Uh, I thought it was a great line. It was a great lesson and moment. But the more I watched it the second time around, the more I realized that that lesson penetrated almost every episode in this series um, and how he was working to gain that respect, but 
also where he learned that style, um, which is mostly episode two. So yeah, I really feel like that was the overarching lesson that covers the entire series. Would you agree with that or, or what? I, yeah, I would have a hard time arguing that. And, and the reason for that is because I think he acts with integrity throughout the episode, meaning um, his words line up with his deeds. He has opportunities to make a run for it, save his own hide, um, not act with integrity, but he doesn't do that. He, every chance he gets, tries to lead with respect rather than fear, tries to tries to build trust rather than um, instilling fear in people. Uh, so that, that does feel like it's kind of his overarching story for, or his overall, I guess, kind of moral message for the viewers and for the other characters he interacts with. And maybe that's why it was so unexpected. It was because everyone thinks of Boba Fett as just the cool, you know, villain even that uh, swoops in, shoots a bunch of uh, missiles and there's explosions and I don't know. He just, he's just cool. Right. Mm -hmm. How did you expect to walk away from the series? Like actually learning something profound from him. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, But But, it happened, but, but it happened. And uh, I was impressed when the season first started and you had uh, uh, Ming-Na Wen, Tamura Morrison and Jessica Biel who were all in their fifties. And mm-hmm. that's not something you see necessarily these days on um, blockbuster movies or, um, or or streaming service, big hit TV shows. But I thought it really worked for this because to me, a lot of the wisdom and the morals and the perspectives and the leadership parables and stuff that you see in the book of Boba Fett are the result of him growing up and having yes. certain really um, challenging and heartbreaking and just like a whole spectrum of challenging, tough experiences and learning from them and not, yeah. not letting them harden his heart. And that, you know, nobody would blame him if he was cranky having come out of the Sarlacc pit and, and getting robbed and his armor being, t- but that's not the way that he goes. Like he, yeah. he, he matures. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's a really good kind of overarching lesson. Well, and we'll get back to that lesson that you just talked about there at some point because I want to talk about it. It's, it's pretty much the like, one of the last lessons of this about um, we all go soft in our old age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something really profound about that. It, it th- sounds like a throwaway line. It sounds like a, a, at first when I heard it, I thought it was more of a, maybe like a justification for why this Boba Fett was different. And, and it was like Lucasfilm like trying to say like we got this don't worry and i was like you didn't need to convince me i'm good with this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it might have been to convince some others yep. let's just let's leave it at that um and instead if you look deeper into the into the lesson that's being portrayed from that um it's also pretty deep and profound but we'll get back to that one um i want to keep going on this this point about respect because um it's again it's just a line in this first episode um but then if you think about the second episode uh, one of the lessons that I learned from that, and you've already talked about this, is that to earn respect, you must first show respect. And that was where uh, Boba Fett learned that it's better to rule with respect than fear. I think if uh, he didn't go through the Sarlacc pit and the enslavement and and then for, um, future, uh, you know, welcoming in by the tribe of the uh, Tusken Raiders he wouldn't have learned that lesson. Mm. And so it's showing you how he learned that, that he he worked 
to gain the respect of the Tuscans, and the result was they welcomed him into his tribe with their tribe with open arms, and you know gave him wisdom. Uh, not only gave him like the the the, the bantha stick or whatever that's what is that called like that that um, the gaffy stick the gaffy stick. Thank you. I called it the bantha stick because it was usually like for the banthas. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like there was a lot that he gained from that, but he gained it once he got the respect of the Tuscans. And, and the way he did that was by taking care of the threat of the Pikes. Mm-hmm. Um, now juxtapose that then with the Pikes. And there was a really uh, interesting but line. It, it, if you don't mind me interrupting oh, sure, go ahead. For, for a second, I think another angle to this and, and this guy's name often comes up. So I, I would encourage you to try to find a couple of his books. Um, Clayton Christensen had a really good line that's always stuck with me yeah. about um, to to put it in terms of Book of Boba Fett. I think that he holds people around him, especially the Tuscans, even early on when he's a prisoner of theirs. I think he holds them in high regard. Oh, yeah. And Clayton Christensen has a line about self-esteem and how it goes. It goes two ways. People who hold others in genuinely high regard can only do it from a place of real personal self-esteem and people who have a real sense of self and a high sense of self-esteem are more likely to hold others in high regard. Interesting. And I think applying that and, and yes, we're going to psychologize Boba Fett quite a bit, (laughs) I think in this episode, but applying that here, I think that going back to coming out of the Starlight pit, losing his, armor which is part of his identity and like that's part of one of the lessons that i want to talk about at some point he has to find himself a little bit and he has to rely on himself in ways that he hadn't had to do that had to do it before and he makes decisions and he decides i'm not going to work for other people who i don't respect anymore and that's that's a big self-esteem type of decision yeah and then that version of boba fett interacting with others in the world i think he holds them in very high regard and so that 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 was Another lesson that kind of came to mind for me was that that connection between those two things. I love that. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of made me think of, uh, yeah, like Canadian hot, ketchup, Canadian ketchup. It really did. I, <laughs> I, all I want to do is eat a bunch of fries. And by that, I mean, ketchup, not the fries. <laughs> how do you say, how do you say made in Canada in French? Uh, fabrique au Canada. <laughs> I think, I think that's what my ketchup said on it. Did I get that right? I think, and I think it also said product of of Canada and French. Yeah. Okay. It has to say it in both languages, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How are we on ketchup again? <laughs> that is the real theme of tonight's episode. It's nice. is, is if you if you watch if you watch Book of Boba Fett really carefully, it's really about Canadian ketchup. Yeah. Look hard. <laughs> it's there. Trust I, us. I hope. I hope somebody. I hope somebody's listening to this podcast at home, like without their headphones in, and somebody just walked by their room, like their roommate just walked by and just heard that part of it. I, I hope what they're doing right now is creating a meme, uh, photoshopping a bottle of ketchup in the feast picture. Yes. <laughs> you know, and they're just like, look, they're right. The bros are right with a bunch of Canadian flags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, that's taking it too far. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, that's a little too on the nose, but yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. I don't even remember the thing I was going to say from your thing, but um, <laughs> so sorry. It's fine, because I wanted to mention the other thing. I was talking about like juxtaposing the. Um, You're talking about him winning the respect of the Tuscans. Yes. By um, 
bringing Canadian ketchup to the feast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when they broke open the uh, that big spout and the, the ketchup came out. I didn't see water. I saw that's ketchup. What, that's what was in the black melons. It was just ketchup. <laughs> just ketchup. <laughs> they're not delivering spices. They're delivering ketchup. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I don't know how to bring this back in. Just no. Just no. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I can't even say the word now. <laughs> Uh, the Pikes, yes, um, they had a line in there that showed a really good uh, contrast to the lesson that Boba Fett is trying to mm. teach. Mm-hmm. And the line was, uh, the Pike said, the Pike leader said, "We thought you were uncivilized." Mm. Can you imagine if Boba Fett went into the Tuscan tribe and thought that of them? Yeah, he wouldn't have gained their respect, and he probably wouldn't have lived. No. Yeah, exactly. He would have died as a slave and that's it. But that's, and that's kind of the mentality the Pikes have. And so like without question, they just open fire on them. Mm-hmm. Like they're in, they're not even in our way. They're off to the side. They haven't even shot first. We're going to shoot first. You know, they're Han in this moment. <laughs> um, and, but because of that treatment, do they gain their respect? No. In fact, it's also pretty respectful what Boba Fett does in return, but you know that causes a whole bunch of problems later on. Anyway, so that I just thought that whole episode was they, focused on that concept a lot. They're like a they're a really good contrast for uh, Boba and for the Tuscans, just in pretty much everything that they do, because then they are not trustworthy. They're they're double crossers. They're yeah. Um, they're underhanded in their business dealings and stuff like that. Everything that Boba's trying not to be. So mm-hmm. I, some, some of, I think the moral of this overall story or some of the lessons um, is it's not just like the two sides of like, there's the pikes and you know, there's the huts over here. And then there's uh, Boba and his team. It's really like worldviews that are clashing a little bit of yeah. this new kind of, um, vibe in town is we're going to treat one another with respect and we're going to keep our word and we're not going to rip each other off. Um, and then there's this gang trying to take over the whole planet. That's the exact opposite of that. And it's culture clashing Yeah, as much as it is anything else, which is really interesting. Yeah, that's, that, that is true. Um, I, uh, I, I think the pikes almost serve as a way to, uh, challenge Boba Fett's new style on Mm -hmm. Tatooine. Like, all right, you're going to do something that's a little bit different in this galaxy. Like you're going to try to rule without crime and you're trying, you're going to try to build a respectable town. Like that's not our style. We'll have something to say about that. That's a challenge to their style. Like that, that, that could compromise the way that they run things. Right. Like, um, you always see this like in dictatorships and stuff. Like you don't want some people to have a little bit of freedom because everybody's going to want some of that. You don't want people to be treated with respect. Everybody's going to be one treated with respect. So I think their whole like system is at risk because of, Boba Fett, which is makes sense why they bust out the droid decas and everything else to try to get rid of him. <laughs> the what were those called? They're they're they weren't because they look like droid droid decas or droid decas or however you pronounce yeah, that. Yeah, wh- whatever. But they're called something else, right? But they say it in the series. I just can't remember now. They they do. I forget what they were. <sighs> oh well, they we'll look, look like they're, they're like cousins of the droid decas. Here, listeners, um, if you don't mind, uh, write us uh, what the actual name of those are. On the back of a PS5 and send it to us. Please. Please. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. I've been waiting by the mailbox every day. Let's cut that out. 
And you know what doesn't happen is there are no PS5s coming in with anything <laughs> written on them at all. Yeah. Oh, we can wish. Yeah. Um, no, one day we will get one. It'll be hilarious. Uh, we can wish. Anyway. You know what I saw is somebody, a, a girl online, taped together a PS2 and a PS3 for her <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yep. Very intelligent. That's like my kids. They really like numbers. Oh, yeah. Jack would love that. Yeah. He would just be like, this adds up to a PS5, right? If I get an original PS uh, PlayStation and then just tape it to my PS4, I got a PS5 then? Yeah. Did I math right? You can, you can tape five PS1s together and <laughs> play any game. On the, on the current planet. Um, anyway, one more th- uh, a couple more thoughts on respect, if you don't mind, then we, I'll shut up. I promise. <laughs> um, I, I really like how then like the immediate, uh, the next episode in episode three, um, it starts off with that water salesman who's the red stapler mm-hmm. guy. And that's all I could see mm-hmm. when I saw him talking. Mm-hmm. He starts off by saying, no one respects you. So it's like immediately hitting this respect thing again. And the funny thing is like, I heard that and I heard, I don't respect you. Exactly. That's exactly. all I heard. That, that, that's like, uh, at work when people are like, you know, nobody's happy about this. And it's like, just say that you're not happy about it. Yeah. Like just own it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's it's a really interesting exchange. What's even more interesting is what happens after that when he goes and gains the respect of the mods, who uh, are like we don't we don't have work, and they stand up to him. They push back against Boba Fett, and in that instant, just because of the way Boba Fett was treating them, they end up deciding to work for him. They're about and, to go to, to to war with him. And, and just think, when when do you think the last time was that anybody of any authority treated them with respect? Did they ever? Maybe never. It's life changing when, yeah. when somebody looks at you that way. And like holds up a mirror and says like, no, like you're worthy of working with me. You're yeah. worthy of being on my team. Yeah. It's you, huge. You've got gumption and I like that. I'm not going to see that as a challenge to my rule or disrespectful to me. So therefore I'm going to be disrespectful back. He's like, no, I'm here to earn your respect. I see an opportunity. I'm going to take it. Maybe that's why they were modifying themselves too, is be- to try to make themselves more valuable or useful or worthy or. Yeah, maybe. Just to be something else that they're not. And Boba Fett took one look at them and said, like, I-, I like the way that you think. I like that you have guts. I like that you're willing to stand up to me. Yeah. Um, and that had nothing to do with their modifications, too. That had nothing to do with their, you know, shiny scooters or, like, their cool, ar- like, robotic arms or any. It was just he liked their personality and, like, their character. That's yeah. what it was. He liked their character. He liked their character. He yeah. hired them for that. And mm-hmm. that's probably unprecedented for 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 those guys and they're probably going to be living off pretty well now yeah like as the like the servants of the daimyo they're serving the daimyo not the servants but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like his own downton abbey can you tell what i've been watching with my wife lately (laughs) my gosh it's so good it's a really good show (laughs) it's it's actually decent yeah yeah we we went and saw the movie in the theater when it came out yeah we we rented it when we got home or when it when it came out on video so good streamed it anyway um yeah, uh, maybe that's well, or, or I guess one other thing is uh, later on with Chrysanthemum, mm. he gains the respect of Chrysanthemum in that same episode. Do you remember that? Yes. Like at the end of, after he fought him, he goes, no hard feelings. You can go now. When when anybody would have had hard feelings and they would have acted on him. They they had him cuffed. They had him, they, they could have taken him out right there. Um at at a point of like total vulnerability 
Chris Stanton was probably so completely caught off guard by that. Um, but it, we, we talked about this before too, of, uh, the no hard feelings line. Chris Stanton can't believe that he just takes off running. Yeah. He's he, like, look back like, are you sure? He runs for his life and that he probably had some time to think about it and realize like, wow, that, that guy acted with like real character integrity. Yeah. Like that's probably somebody I could trust if I worked with and for them. Right. To the point where when he comes back and what the next episode and says, Hey, you looking for work? He's like, yeah, I'll work for you. I just ripped that guy's arm off over there. Is that what you want me to do? Okay. I can do that. <laughs> he was trained ocean. It'll grow back. It'll grow back. Yeah. Which makes it okay. No. <laughs> uh, Will Smith wants that justification. We went there. Moving on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so uncomfortable. Um, all right, I th- I think I've I've milked this respect one as much as I could. How about what other lessons did you pull out? Um, so go, going back to the beginning, I think there really is something to this idea about. Um, so Boba Fett was so synonymous with his armor; he was his armor. Mm-hmm. Um, different actors played Boba Fett, but the armor was recognizable and identifiably the same, and so nobody really took issue with it. I shouldn't say nobody, um, <laughs> but then. I think one of the clever things that Favreau and team did early on was they took his armor away um, and not, not because of uh, anything that he did wrong necessarily, but he was robbed of it and he had to figure out who he was without that armor. And I I think one of, one of the lessons I think of the series is that when you kind of get rid of all the trappings that, that make you some public version of you. So your job title um, you know, maybe the zip code you live in, um, like you, I drive a Lamborghini, you know that. So like, if I was to get rid of, why are you laughing? If I was, to get, <laughs> if I was to get rid of my Lamborghini, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> if I didn't have the full size basketball court in Guys, the house, it's only a Porsche. He <laughs> wishes it was a Lamborghini. I, I actually, I actually do have a Lamborghini, but it's a matchbox. Car. <laughs> I was going to say, is it on your and, shelf in and your and office? I, and I have to make the engine sound when I drive it around on my desk. <laughs> Yep. Um, but like, if you strip all those things away, um, that's when you figure out like who you are. Yeah. And you might not necessarily like everything that you find and you may have to wrestle with it and contend with it for a bit. And you may have to resolve things that feel unresolved. Um, and I, I, I think one of the cool things about the kind of the bridge across the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian is you see some of this arc in different points and you kind of see that it takes a while for him to get that armor back um mm-hmm. and it in the meantime uh he goes through a lot of trials that kind of make him face himself in some way um and i, I think that's where a lot of the maturing happens that we see i think he was sort of on this path i think that him losing his armor accelerated that path for him yeah uh, and so that, that that's just a big lesson for me of like you know, when, when, when you're conflicted with something, when you're struggling with something, um, I think a lot of times it boils down to, um, you know, who I am, who am I and how should I act in relation to this thing? And you can kind of get lost in, uh, what other people project onto you, whether it be your job title or whatever it might be. So, um, I, I thought that that was all kind of well done and, and it it happens to other characters in, in this series too. Um, you know, the, uh, Happens to Mando. To Mando. Happens to Mando. To it, it happens to uh, Chrysanthemum. Like mm. 
you know, he, he Chrysanthemum takes this, you know, the former gladiator and the bounty hunter yeah, for hire. Yeah. And, you know, he, he takes a job based on uh, trust and respect for this boss, even though it's a really da- like a particularly dangerous job. It's sort of the world against Boba and his people. Um, but I, th- I think like different characters go through this. Like it's just a, an accelerated way to grow up um, and, and yeah, maybe move towards softening in some way. But yeah, um, but an authenticity that is kind of harder to get to if you're wearing liter- wearing literally armor. Right. So that that was uh, an interesting one for me. I like that one. I it it's uh it kind of just makes me think. I, I don't remember where I hear the heard the line, but um oh you know what that makes me think of is uh um uh, Iron Man mm. a bit. Uh, there's the line in the first Avengers movie is like, you know, you're a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? And then, and then, yes. you know, uh, Tony Stark goes, uh, billionaire playboy, uh, philanthropist. Uh, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm missing one of them. Um, billionaire genius playboy philanthropist. Yes. Um, he's like all these things. He knows what he is, but then Captain America's like, like real quick to call him out. was like, I know people that are worth like that, you know, more than you with half of that or whatever he says. Um, and, and the whole journey of Iron Man is to kind of discover the hero in him. That's right? perfect. Yeah. To forget about the genius, forget about the, the armor, forget about everything that he has and can do. He is nothing if he isn't a hero and, uh, he has to figure that out. Um, I think the same is true for Boba Fett and you called it out very well. Just like, how does he define himself without the armor? Mm-hmm. And he has to discover, and that's the the change that happens to him. I mean, if you were to fall into a Sarlacc pit, lose your armor, and become enslaved all overnight, I don't know if there'd be any other traumatic experience that would cause more change in a person than that. Like, so what? This isn't the Boba Fett that we all imagined or saw in like the comics or like the, like that was a great version of Boba Fett. We had fun with that for a long time. This is a grown-up Boba Fett who has experienced a few things now. You don't think he'd be different from all that and redefined by all that? So, yeah, I think that's a great lesson. And 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 I think it it could really go the other way. Like you could end up resentful and angry at the world. It it can easily go the other way. Yes. And it, and it didn't for him. And I wonder why. Like what do you, what do you think kind of like do you think he already had a good sense of self going into it? Cuz I feel like a lot of people just be furious at reality furious at life in the world blaming their circumstances say well if, like i guess i'm just stuck in this i can never get out right and yep. trust me like they make it look easy hollywood does by putting a character through this kind of stuff and saying but look he recovers like it's not that easy people right <laughs> we're not saying it is and i don't i hope that's not what they're saying when they show that on screen but what they're saying is um look there's there's always a way there's always a way up. Mm-hmm. There is a way down, but there's also a way up. Let's show you that story. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think this is just us seeing how he recovers. For it. I don't know why he doesn't become resentful. It seems like it would be pretty easy. But um, he seems to maintain his composure through it all. And and I, like I, I think of the moment where he killed that big monster in the desert. And instead of like going after the boy who has kind of been a jerk to him... Mm-hmm. And then who runs back and takes credit for the monster that got killed? Like, he doesn't get mad at that. He he even goes back. I think that was a huge gesture to the Tuscans. 
That's a good point because he could have just run the other way. He could have. And he was talking about like, I could get us off world, you know? Yeah. So that was on his mind. But he went back. I And maybe some of it is a little bit just practical. Maybe some of it's like, all right, I don't know if I can survive out here in the desert on my own. Um, yeah. My, my best chance for living through the day might be to go back. Um, but m- maybe another part of it is... Uh, you know, he's, he was finding some self-esteem and maybe, yeah, maybe he, he held that tribe in high enough regard where he thought, all right, this is, this is my chance to, and this is, this is another lesson here about, um, he had gone through so much of his adventures, misadventures on his own. Yeah. And this was, and I know this was something that you wanted to dig into. <clears throat> he's a tribe? He found his tribe. Yeah. Yeah. He, let's go to that one next. Found family. He found people who... Um, could add dimension to who he was as a character, as a person who could complete something that was incomplete for him. Um, so I, th- I think that that's another big one here is Boba Fett becomes the daimyo that is successful and that rules with respect, not on his own accord and not because of just his own deeds, but because he found others who could help him do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you call that one out next because I think that's a great transition. Um, and I, I always, I loved watching this, how that line, you can only get so far without a tribe, I think is verbatim what it was. Um, yeah. You can only get so far without a tribe. That line is, is, is one of the most important ones next to the whole respect lesson, right? Because it comes back up again later when he's facing Cad Bane. Um, right. So, which we'll, we'll talk about, but, um, one of the things that I think that's really cool about this tribe lesson was, um, that again, they ended kind of the whole flashback series with that lesson. So he's kind of, this is the thing that you should take away from everything that he's gone through Mm -hmm. is you can only get so far without a tribe. Um, then he moves on and kind of shows you how he's building his tribe. His first person in his tribe was Fennec Shand. And it's interesting that like, she starts out saying, like, I'm not going to go with you. That's not interesting to me. And then after they have one experience fighting together, she changes her mind. She's like, you know what? I'll go along for the ride. She's in. The same thing happened with the mods. The same thing happened mm-hmm. with Chrysanthemum. The same thing happened with Mandalorian. They were all willing to come back to him because he kind of had something safe about him like he he made other people feel like if i'm with this guy i'm safe he was trustworthy too right they they didn't feel like they had to sleep with one eye open around him right <laughs> like some other crime bosses might right yeah make you feel um so the uh way that I, one of the things i did to prepare for this episode was simon sinek i i watched a video by him called um good leaders make you feel safe in fact i sent it to you and i think you watched it too right i did yeah and uh it's a it's a great, great um, uh, TED Talk is what it is. Um, he's really motivational. I like him because he's actually inspiring. He's not one of those like motivational speakers that you're like, that was cool and interesting. Like he actually motivates you. And I, I think, I think he's genuine. I think he really yeah. believes the stuff that he's studying, and I think he believes what he's saying. And I can't say that about a lot of those motivational speaker guys. No, not always. I feel but he like seems legit. S S I N E K for S I N E K Simon yeah. Sinek. Um, so yeah, in this, in this, uh, video, I think, I think he's Canadian. No, I think he's, no, he's got, is he? I don't know. 
I thought he was from like Scotland or something. I'm thinking of ketchup. Sorry. You did that on purpose. <laughs> no, I really thought he was Canadian, but I'm probably wrong. You're just really thinking about ketchup. I'm always thinking about ketchup. Um, except not enough to buy it when... I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, so in this video, he talks about how we evolved into social creatures, is what he says, because of all this da- danger that surrounded us. And because of that, we formed tribes. Like That was how like humans evolved into forming tribes. Um, And it was mostly to protect ourselves from that outside danger. So a leader of a tribe is someone who recognizes all that danger and helps to create and foster a system where people feel safe. And I think that's what Boba Fett learned. And that's what he did. He's like, I went into a tribe and I felt safe. And I, but I wasn't able to keep him safe, sadly enough. Like that weighs on him Mm. to the point where I think he, he sees himself becoming this tribal leader that can make the make the world around him better because he's sick of working for people that are going to get him killed. He's sick of seeing uh, Tatooine just be an exploited planet with nothing but crime to show for itself. Like, mm-hmm. And he wants to change that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's admirable, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you should go take a look at that video, but uh, more importantly... Um, that was the lesson that I think he's trying to portray. It's just like, I'm I'm here to create a tribe, um, to have people follow me and to feel like they're safe and, and they can trust me. And and I remember from that video, one, one of the interesting takeaways for me was like the fact that psychological safety is like kind of contagious. And it turns into this thing where when people feel safe, they start to look to their left and look to their right and make sure that they can take care of the people that are around them. Yeah. And... I think you see some of that in the battle towards the end of the the first season or the end of the run of the show or whatever it might be. Oh, yeah. Where um, they could have sort of like split up and run off in different directions and save their own hides. But you see right. those who are loyal to Boba um, kind of watching each other's backs and taking care of each other, throwing their weapons to one another when it makes more sense for you to hold the rifle than me to hold the rifle, like stuff like that. Right. Um, that psychological safety thing is contagious and you can kind of see it spreading. But um, I want, I wanted to ask you, uh, so we talked a little bit about how Boba Fett doesn't become angry and resentful at the world when, you know, he goes through a lot of the trials early on in the, in in the season. Um, But then all the Tuscans are massacred. (laughs) He's still, he, he has this moment of anger where he lashes out at the, um, what did they call it? Oh, the biking biker gang. Yeah, yep, the, the gang. Um, mm-hmm, yep, they were called like three different things in the series. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he has this moment of like real anger where he kind of lashes out at them, but for the most part, um, the Nikto Riders. Yes, that's what it was. That whole thing of finally finding your tribe, finally finding your people, and being embraced by them. And putting on their clothing and carrying a, your own gaffy stick and things like that. And just really kind of being initiated into a family. And then having that taken away. Yeah. But he still says, no, I'm going to rule with respect. Yeah. How, like, how does he not go totally off his rocker there? How does he not totally lose it? Um, maybe because he knows he doesn't have the power yet. Mm. You know, and he's still kind of the underdog. And we see that. Like, he's going up against the Pikes. Like, they've got the upper hand. Yeah. Like, they're a, a well-oiled machine syndicate. 
Um, they got a lot of resources, a lot of manpower, and a lot of persuasion and influence and all that. Like they, they've got their tentacles deep within Tatooine and, and mm. all the different, um, you know, crime families and things like that. Uh, so I think he's a bit of the underdog, so he's not corrupted yet. You know, and power corrupts you. So maybe there's still a chance for him to kind of be corrupted, but he's not there yet. Mm. Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and in in the event that he becomes corrupted, and hopefully he doesn't, um, I guess it's possible that like the psychological safety thing that he's built, like it seems like he's surrounded himself with really good people who will hopefully keep him in check. Well, like, good people, like well, it's still a master assassin, and <laughs> well, good, good people in this sense. Um, I know, I'm kidding. I, I like so you've seen a lot in the news recently. Uh, we'll get serious for a second um, uh, about Vladimir Putin and his leadership style. Yeah, and one of the things that I, I've seen, and by the way, real quick, uh, obviously our hearts go out to the people in Ukraine. We have seen that we have some people who listen in Ukraine, and we just hope every day that they're okay and this yeah. whole thing is over soon. Um, but Vladimir Putin, one of the things that did not go well for him is apparently he did not create an environment where people could bring him the truth and people could not, um, people couldn't challenge him in any way. And one of the things that you see with Boba Fett is Fennec Shand is always questioning him. Always challenging him. Always. And people were saying in the beginning, they're like, this is a sneak peek into what's going to happen. And she's going to stab him in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to, she's going to become the daimyo and whatever. And he's going to be buried in a shallow grave somewhere in the desert. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And, um, and if, if he, if you kind of go back and watch it, Boba doesn't, doesn't outwardly discourage it. Like no. he wants her honest opinion. She is a pro at what she does. She is a master assassin who has dealt with all kinds of politics and all kinds of personalities. Right. Like he wants her real opinion. And if she doesn't agree with him, like he wants to know that those are the types of people who stay in power. Yeah. Because, um, and you hear these stories about Abraham Lincoln, where he had people in his cabinet who were um, adversaries of his. Yeah. And they pressure tested everything he did and challenged everything he did. And he made better decisions as a result. Yeah. And, and I think it's kind of cool the way that it played out that, um, that's another thing of like, you know, maybe, maybe confidence and self-esteem are, are bigger themes than I thought, but, um, you don't put up with that unless you have some self-confidence to be able to put up with that. Yeah. Um, people who don't have self-confidence would, you know, as soon as Fennec Shan's back was turned, would get rid of her. Um, but he invited her to keep coming along for that ride. And I love that the story never went in that direction, that she didn't try to overthrow him. Um, she didn't, she didn't think that she knew better than him. She, yeah. I think she just felt like she could say what she was really thinking based on her expertise and experience. I also think it would have been wrong to paint her as a villain. Yes. You know, or if not True. a villain, uh, what's the word? An antagonist to him. Yep. You know, I, I don't, I don't like that idea personally. If, Maybe it would have worked, but it, she just, I don't know. It, it just doesn't work for me. Hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm glad they went, they took the direction that they did. And I, I yeah, I'm just lapping this up because I didn't really think about it that way ahead of this. Like uh, that, you know, she wanted to be a free agent at first. Mm-hmm. She would have comfortably lived that life. But, you know, she was persuaded by Boba Fett. 
it still didn't change anything about her. Like it, she pushed back when she didn't agree um, and, and convinced him a couple of times. Like she's the one that talks him off the ledge mm-hmm. when Cad Bane shows up and says, you know, the, you mean the Tuscans that, you know, the bike syndicate murdered and the, and this is news to him. And he's like, I'm, I'm mad. This is that. That's it. And she talks him down like, you'll have your moment. Don't worry. And that's enough. Like she's critical mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to his success. And, uh, I think there's an opportunity to, to show that more if they do a season two or something like that. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 she, she's great. Talk, talk to me a little bit more about Cad Bane. And, yeah. And so why he's important here. Well, so let's finish up on this tribe thing because and good segue. Cause I was like, I need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole introduction of Cad Bane was interesting because, uh, it, it was kind of a reminder of his old life and where he had come from. And, and, and the thing that he was trying to kind of shed. So he was almost fighting his his younger version of himself uh, in, in Cad Bane, who never grew up, who never evolved, who just continued doing the same thing, right? Um, and it was amazing, too, that uh, the anti-lesson to um, to Boba Fett's lesson about a tribe is, the, is like the final advice that Cad Bane tries to give to Boba Fett. And he said, what was the line that he said? Um... Look! Oh, look out for yourself. Anything else is weakness. He's talking to himself too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He is like no one's listening to you, but you, Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately after he says that line, which sounds like oh maybe he should have taken that advice, Boba Fett uses the gaffy stick that he got from his tribe to defeat Cad Bane. Poetic, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. It's like whose lesson is the right one? I think the guy that just beat you with the gaffy stick. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it helped to further reinforce that lesson of you can't go anywhere without a tribe. You need a tribe. Not only did his current tribe support him throughout this whole battle, but uh, you know, the battle for Mos Espa, but, uh, but then the gaffy stick ends up being the, the final tool to save the day and, and prove that you know he needs to live with the tribe. Brilliant. So the... the these types of things are why we started out the episode saying that this is the most important podcast episode you'll ever listen to in your whole life. <laughs> right. The, these are all, I think, like highly transferable life lessons. Yeah. That you can take with you into your work life or whatever else. I, just, I think it's, it's, um, it's so cool how alien Star Wars is, but so human at yeah. the same time. And I think Favreau does just such a nice job of injecting like real humanity into all these characters and, and, and fully. Yeah. Um, And Rodriguez who did this and and all the other contributors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and and this is something that I think I'll probably go back and watch every few years or something. Yeah. Go back to the book of Boba Fett and I'll go through and I'll see what new stuff I see. Um, Because I, I have a feeling that there's, it's probably even more chock full of these types of things than, I would have thought of. Yeah. I mean, again, this was just kind of my, I watched every episode probably twice at least. That's it. Okay. Uh, when they came out mm-hmm. and then we had this other, I rewatched them all in preparation for this episode and it totally changed my vantage yeah. point on the rewatch. So, um, yeah, can't wait to watch it the the fourth time through or whatever that'll be. <laughs> um, did you have any other lessons, by the way? I think we hit the the big ones. Okay. Do you mind if I hit the the other one, which I no, mentioned no, no, at the please. top? No, 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 please. Which was uh, 
the whole idea of we all go soft in our old age. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've got a really cool anecdote on this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, before I get to that, what was your thoughts of the, the two times that I think this came up? It came up in episode four from Fennec Shan, like you've gone soft. And then Cad Bane did it again. What did you think of this? Was it just like a, a, a throwaway line, a justification line, a Lucasfilm defending itself line? Like some people thought it was like, what was it to you? <laughs> I, well, I think first off, I think it meant different things coming from those different characters. I think from Cad Bane, I think it's an insult. I think it's, it's yes. more to say, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you've become weak in some way in your old age, or you've invited weakness in, um, you've let your yep. guard down, whatever. Um, but if you think about how like kind of one dimensional Boba Fett was before, um, you know, our, our bro host Chris Ryan says armor pew pew guy is <laughs> <laughs> how a lot of people saw him. And he was right. just, you know, kind of like a Terminator type character, just like a hunting killing machine. Um, <laughs> and then he broadened his horizons and he had different experiences and he grew. And I think that some of that stuff, yes, yeah, softened his heart. Um, but I think there's nothing tougher than vulnerability. There's nothing mm-hmm. tougher than taking off the armor and being open to those emotions and things like that. Um, so I think, I think Cad being sort of mistook it for weakness when in reality, I think there was some real courage there. Um, yeah. So that, that that's kind of my take on it. I, I think he did soften, but I think it was a courageous type of softening, if that makes sense. I think it does. And I think it was him finally, because like in parts of the flashback, they showed uh, when he was on Camino and looking out the window and seeing yeah. his dad flying off and being all alone. Like it was him kind of confronting some of those issues, right? That was where he learned, like, I hate being alone. And then his whole entire time as a bounty hunter is alone. Like he's, uh, you know, continuing to live with that trauma as a child of like being alone. And he's, you know, his whole entire adulthood looked like is going to be alone at this point. And uh, then he kind of has this awakening, this traumatic experience that makes him realize, oh, I have the chance to recover from this. I have the chance to emerge uh, as part of a tribe now. And uh, and overcome some of this trauma that I experienced as a child through this new traumatic experience, but it, it ends up being more of an awakening and a rebirth instead of uh, uh, a paralytic, which it could have done just that, if you think about it. Mm. That That's a really good point about, I guess I, I never really gave much time to think about Boba Fett's trauma from when he was a kid. Yeah. This, I think, is the series where I first thought about that. Yeah, and and just how impactful that must be and like how it shapes your worldview and, you know, your per- choice of profession and everything else. Right. Um, Cause I, I do think it's interesting that he had, now that I think about it, he had a traumatic childhood and then decided on a profession that is like the loneliest profession in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, and he's just, uh, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's like, I don't want to be let down again or hurt again or, abandoned again you can't be yeah. abandoned if you're just alone all the time mm-hmm. so um that, that's some pretty heavy stuff to carry into adulthood and i think again i think that's why this series is brilliant i think that's a lot of the stuff he's working through here yeah and i, I, th- and I think that's why uh favreau shows us that footage back on camino to remind us like this is this is where he started from and this is what he carries with him 
And isn't it interesting too that some of the people who uh, who know him and who know at least of his reputation, I'm thinking of Fennec Shand and Cad Bane, both in this example, uh, are seeing this evolution in him and calling him soft for it. Yeah. Which, I mean, how many, I I won't go into details, but like I had a moment in life where I was going through a big change and I had to kind of reject a lot of the old life and people that were in that life. And a lot of them kind of thought I was going soft, but I was becoming a better person is what I was doing. Was this in high school? This was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you kind of do get rejected. Now, eventually... Fennec Shand, I think, realizes the wisdom in his ways, but Cad Bane certainly doesn't, right? Um, and he and, pays for it. And he pays for it. Well, he does pay for it. But I think also, like, that's something when you're going through some of those experiences, you'll get those little reminders of your previous life and uh, where you've come from and have to, you know, face it sometimes and have them kind of ridicule you even. Mm. And you have to stay strong and remain vulnerable, even though it might have, it, it might be tempting to clam up again because your old life has come back to to haunt you, you know? Mm. Deep stuff. Deep stuff. But um, the one thing I wanted to share that I had prepared for this, and I shared this with you last time we recorded, and it all got deleted. So act surprised again when I read this to you. I'm ready. (laughs) But there was a uh, study. You might have heard about this. Whoa. Um, Stop it. Oh. That's not not the point. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) Later. Okay. I'll, I'll cue you. I'll be like, this is where you show surprise. Okay. Okay. No. Um, so there was a personality study that was administered uh, back in 1947 to a group of uh, about 1,200 teenagers. Um, it wasn't, it, it was a quiz that was administered, not a quiz, uh, uh, a test, a uh, personality test, and it was given to their teachers. And they took it and they rated all of these these teenagers um, on certain characteristics and seeing like that to kind of see what were their personalities like. Fast forward, you know, a long time, all the way up until they were set now 77. They were 14, now they're 77, and they were able to find 600 or so of these uh, kids that had since grown up, and 174 of them agreed to take the exact same personality test. Amazing. Yeah. I'll cue you for that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. There you go. No. Um, No, this is the kicker. So uh, in this case, they themselves took the test and then had somebody else come in and take the test as well that knew the person really well so that they could kind of corroborate the the two sides. And what do you think they found? They compared the results of the 14-year-olds taking the test to the 77-year-olds. What do you think they found? Um, Some personality changes? There was no correlation between the responses on the first test in 1947 and the test that they took in 2012. That's statistical terms for basically saying they were different results. Their personalities had changed. Whoa! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was like the first kind of definitive proof of, uh, not definitive proof, but uh, you know, the longest study that they've been able to do to kind of show how yeah, we do change as people. Our personalities change. They found that only one trait seemed to remain of all of them, but uh, like remained constant from, you know, 14 oh. to 77. What was that? Moods. Huh. They're moods. Is that true for Boba Fett? He's still a bit ornery. <laughs> it's totally. And, and, but I think what he decides to do with it is different. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would so agree with that. He, he's maybe more consciously in control than he was when he was a kid or when he was a, a younger bounty hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I would agree with that. But I guess the point here, and tying it back to, to Boba Fett some more, is, yeah, people do change. And we see it in Star Wars. We see it with Boba Fett. We see it with Luke. Sorry, but we did. We did. And I'm not apologizing for it. No, I I loved it. But. Um, I don't know if we see it very much with many other characters. Maybe Han Solo a little bit. Uh, he definitely, in his old age, kind of changes. Mm. He's not the same young whippersnapper that's, <laughs> you know, picking up uh, Kira and then being a, you know, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a jerk, but uh, <laughs> it's a little, 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 a little um, hard to get. Whatever yep. with Leia, you know, like the heartthrob, rough, rough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what whatever name Leia calls him, like he kind of softens a little bit later on in life, and I think that's the lesson: is that happens to all of us. We all change, and that is okay. In fact, it can be really good for you and the people around you. Exactly. Like like it is for Boba Fett in this series. It's really good for him. And, I, you know, we end on a really nice note in the series of it's really good for the people that live in that town. Yeah. That there's a little bit of order that's been restored. Um, people are smiling. And it's for the first time in a while. It feels pretty safe walking down the street. Yeah. And and, and that that's, you know, all, all sort of like kind of downstream from the decisions he's made, the personality that... Uh, he's embraced, and if that's softening in old age, then looks like it's pretty good for the townspeople. Yeah, and hey, he's putting some of that experience to good use now. So, it's not, you can't you can't be worse than that. Nope. <laughs> um, any other lessons that you'd want to cover, though? No, I think I think that was uh, I think we hit some really good stuff there. We'll revisit at some point in the future, and I'm sure we'll find some other stuff. But if if you listeners think that we missed anything. Yeah, let us know. Send us a, a message on uh, Twitter at Starburst Podcast. Uh, send us an email, thestarburstpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you, you can still you can do the PS5 thing. That works, too. Yeah, we'll totally do um, that. <laughs> but, yeah, let us know what, what you think you liked, what you didn't like, what you think we missed, um, and, and all that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you. And, and, look, I think we missed a lot. Like, there are a ton of little lessons oh, I'm sure, throughout yeah. this. Like, I there are some great one-liners. Like, I mentioned I wrote down 10. Like, um I love that line from from Luke when he's like, "Get back up, always get back up." Right. Um, the line from the armorer when she said, "Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome." It kind of reminded me of that Einstein quote of, uh, um, isn't it the Einstein quote where he's like, uh, "Doing the same thing but expecting different results is the definition of insanity" yes. or something like yep. that. Yep. Um, in my own terms or wording of it, like that's kind of what I got from that. So like, there's a ton. Of uh, of lessons in this that you could probably dive deeper on. So mm-hmm. let us know what which ones that you really liked the most, what you pulled out of them, what you thought of the lessons that we're discussing right now, at all the channels that Jan just mentioned. And and also I forgot to mention the Baraxium YouTube channel where you can see us covering some of the latest and greatest Star Wars comic books, um, as well as some yep. other fun stuff. So uh, don't hesitate to send us a message or leave us a comment there too. Um, but uh, yeah, what else? What else did we want to? say to our dear listeners thank you thank you for being here thank you for being patient for this episode to come out and for you know uh just working with us and being with us through any of our little snafus that we run into sometimes we're back baby we're back and 
ready to go. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but yeah, th- thank you everybody for listening. It means a lot. Um, you know, every time we get a little tweet or somebody sends a message or, you know, we get a review or something like that, it just kind of makes our day. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've made it this far, um, we'll, we'll be quiet because you probably fallen asleep with your <laughs> AirPods and we don't want to wake you up. Yeah. Um, but if you're driving and listening to this right now, we hope you didn't fall right. asleep. Wake up. Get a monster. Yeah. Get a sugar-free monster. I have a 24-pack here. Come on over. Um, it's the driveway with the Lamborghini in it. Cut that one um turn that part louder yeah (laughs) um no there's only one other thing that we have left to do it's your turn to do it it's my turn it is yeah we're at your house it's a wrap yay